Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever part of the day you're in. Sure to appreciate you joining me, giving me a little bit of your time and I know these days we're all being pulled in a dozen different directions. I think this one might help just a little bit. Hopefully, hopefully most of them help. I guess y'all keep coming back and listening, so they must help a little bit, at least be encouraging or give you some knowledge or something. So, uh, Not a lot on the homestead. Kind of dreary. late fall kind of day. The trees actually do look kind of like late fall. Have some nice colors coming in just briefly. The rye grass out in the pasture where my father shredded earlier this year is so green it's it's almost, it looks fake. It's a neon green almost, uh, but like a dark neon green. My wife went out to take a picture the other day and it, it looked almost photoshopped. It was, it was crazy. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. Some of y'all might find that interesting. The ryegrass, or the, the winter grass, is doing really good right now, uh, which is great for cattle and for deer. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your love and your forgiveness, your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the time to record this podcast, the people that listen to it and share it. Be with them and their families. Guide them, bless them, protect them. Help us to do your will, Father. Help us to trust you, to lean on you, not on our own understanding. Guide our nation back to you, Father. Give us patience. Watch over those who lead us. Give them wisdom and courage. Strong faith. In your son's name we pray. Amen. I don't know if I've done this kind of podcast. If I have, it's been a while, which is uh, probably more... A shameful reflection on my lack of abilities than anything else. But we're going to go through it and see. Thought it was a nice uh, transition to between our Thanksgiving conversations and Christmas, uh, which kind of fits this topic here uh, transitioning between the old and the new 
we have a lot of really rough things going on right now in the country and across the world. I'm not even talking about whatever's going on in your personal life, your particular life. But we have... I have to pause here for just a second. This is not a serious note, but our little flock of guineas just came scrambling across the yard. They are the loudest, most obnoxious, but sometimes most entertaining birds if you have never had guineas. And they move, except during mating season, they move as a flock. And you'll just look up and they'll just be this like little herd of guineas running across the yard all together. It's really quite entertaining. At any rate, I'm sorry. Whatever the, the stuff going on in the world, right? And then, and then whatever you have in your personal life. Uh, but we have some trials and tribulations, and it looks like we've got some more coming. Uh, and there is a song that I have turned to, I don't even know for how many years now. Uh, and I'm not going to try and sugarcoat it, folks. It's not like I read this psalm and then magically everything in my life is better. It's not. And it's not every time like I read this psalm and I somehow magically uh, have this super faith and I'm not worried about anything on earth anymore. It's not. But what I can tell you is that almost every time, if I'm really reading it and not just trying to rush through it, right? that there's at least a little comfort and a little peace. Sometimes a lot. So sometimes, sometimes I read it and I get a great deal of comfort and peace out of it. Um, but sometimes it's just, it's just a little. But overall, it's been, it's been something that I have turned to in rough times in my own life over the last several years and when I look around the world and the country and get overwhelmed by all the things going on there. There's a quote in the Founder's Bible that goes along with this by John Quincy Adams that I'll read if I have enough time at the end. Uh, specifically about Psalm 37. If you're not familiar with it, uh, regardless of whether you're a Christian or not, I would I would highly recommend reading it. Um, if you're somebody that wants to start reading the Bible and you're kind of struggling, this is this is not a bad place to start. I'm not saying it's the best by any means, but it's certainly not a bad place. So. Regardless of your personal faith or situation in life, it's pretty good. So I'm going to read through it. Psalm 37. Security of those who trust in the Lord and insecurity of the wicked. A Psalm of David. <clears throat> 
Do not fret because of evildoers. Be not envious toward wrongdoers. For they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil doing. For the evildoers will be cut off. But those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. Yet a little while and the wicked man will be no more. And you will look carefully for his place, and he will not be there. But the humble will inherit the land and will delight themselves in abundance prosperity. The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him, for he sees his day is coming. The wicked have drawn the sword and bent their bow to cast down the afflicted and the needy, to slay those who are upright in their conduct. Their sword will enter their own heart and their bows will be broken. Better is a little of the righteous than the abundance of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord sustains the righteous. The Lord knows the day of the blameless, and their inheritance will be forever. They will not be ashamed in the time of evil, and in the days of famine they will have abundance. But the wicked will perish, and the enemies of the Lord will be like the glory of the pastures. They vanish like smoke, they vanish away. The wicked borrows and does not repay, but the righteous is gracious and gives. For those blessed by him will inherit the land, but those cursed by him will be cut off. The steps of a man are established by the Lord, and he delights in his way. When he falls, he will not be hurled headlong, because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. I have been young, and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging bread. All day long he is gracious and lends, and his descendants are a blessing. Depart from evil and do good, so you will abide forever. 
For the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his godly ones. They are preserved forever. But the descendants of the wicked will be cut off. The righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom, and his tongue speaks justice. The law of his God is in his heart. His steps do not slip. The wicked spies upon the righteous and seeks to kill him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand or let him be condemned when he is judged. Wait for the Lord and keep his way and he will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you will see it. I have seen a wicked, violent man spreading himself like a luxuriant tree in its native soil. Then he passed away, and lo, he was no more. I sought for him, but he could not be found. Mark the blameless man, and behold the upright, for the man of peace will have a posterity, but transgressors will be altogether destroyed. The posterity of the wicked will be cut off, but the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them, because they take refuge in Him. I don't claim to be a biblical scholar by any means, folks. And I'm always a little hesitant to comment. Well, maybe I shouldn't say comment, but to try and teach on Scripture if for no other reason than the Bible tells us that the teachers are going to be judged a little more harshly. And uh, I'm not sure that I like the idea of being judged any more harshly than I'm already going to be, oh, which is going to be bad enough. So... That being said, uh, I'll, I'll read this, this quote. From John Quincy Adams, that's out of the Founders Bible. Again, this is by the Wall Builders Organization. And it's, um, I guess primarily the historian is David Barton. And this is John Quincy Adams. I came in the course of my scripture reading this morning to Psalm 37. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, verse 1, and was much struck with its excellent and profound morality. The duty of reliance upon the retributive avenging justice of God without being staggered either by the transient properties of the wicked or prosperities of the wicked or by the afflictions of the good is inculcated with a force of sentiment and an energy of expression such as I have never met with in any of the profane writers. And so he's saying that the idea from Psalm 37, right, of, of trusting God for justice uh, without being overwhelmed by when bad people seem to prosper, because a lot of times we look out there 
And we see these people that obviously are not moral, are not good, and they seem to have everything. And they seem to get away with everything. And that certainly probably rings true for a number of y'all that pay attention to national politics at all. Uh, but maybe even on your own local level, there's there's people in your town or community or city council or school board or police officers or whoever, an authority in particular, pastors that that you know that are supposed to be these upright good people and yet they're not and they get away with this stuff. And then you're over here trying imperfectly, but trying to do the very best you can. And or, or you have friends or family who are, right? You have these people that are really, you think are decent people, and yet bad stuff just always seems to happen to them. And uh, so he was, he was talking about just this, you know, you can see it. Like verse 34, wait for the Lord and keep his way. And he will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you will see it. Uh, he talks about, you know, multiple times in this psalm, waiting on God. One of my favorite verses here at the beginning is, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faith, faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. I'm, I'm not very patient, folks. I'm not very good at that. Um, something I have to work on constantly. Resting in the Lord, I uh, just it's hard for me to kind of not to slow down necessarily, but to slow down with the specific purpose of, of resting in God. And then I wonder, so often we think that we're doing such a good job. We think that, that okay, well, I, I fit this criteria, this, you know, humbly speaking, this righteous man or woman. How, how long is this going to take, God? You know, here I am, I'm waiting. Where's all, where's all the... The promises that you've made. And when I read this, I wonder, how much have I really committed my way to the Lord? How much do I really delight in God? Is that the thing that I look forward to most each day, or is it a task that I have to complete? Uh, so often on this podcast, and, and just in life in general, but I try and highlight it on the podcast, you can see the ties between these comments and a marriage, right? Like, we want this affection from our spouse. Uh, this is a stereotype, but, but it's certainly often true. That's why it's a stereotype. You know, a husband wants sex each day from their wife, and a wife wants uh, emotional nourishment and, and to be cherished and, and treated honorably, you know, and kind of protected and provided for each day. and and we want those things, but, but do we provide the opposite for our spouse? Do we really delight in them? Is that our, you know, our top priority, second only to God each day? Or do we want all the good stuff, but, but we, don't, we don't want to do any of the requirements to get the good stuff? And then this, you know, of course, with God, it goes even further. There's no guarantee in this life that we're going to get the good stuff. 
It's not until you get to Jesus Christ in the New Testament that he talks about the, the mansions that are built for each of us, the treasures that are stored up for those who trust in the Lord, those who follow Jesus Christ. Again, verse 9, for evildoers will be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. At any rate, if you get a chance, it's a great psalm. It's really helped me over the years uh, a number of times when I just am at my wit's end. Hopefully it will y'all as well. And uh, God bless y'all. God bless your families, your marriages. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.